The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moment of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, friends. Hey. Hey, welcome back to the show. Yep. Always always nice to check in twice a week with you. Indeed. And uh, we've got a little bit of a different episode today for you, uh, because earlier this month, we got to go to Podcast Movement 2021. Mm-hmm. And this is a convention for podcasters and podcast enthusiasts and uh, entrepreneurs who are coming up with, uh, you know, new ways to, to break into this relatively new medium. Um, it really is. Podcasting is still brand spanking new, honestly, mm-hmm. when you look at it. There's a lot that hasn't been established yet. Um, there's a lot to learn. And and we had a lot to learn, and that that was really cool. We were invited up by iHeartRadio, and and our our friends and producers Ben and Noel uh, took us up there, and we just had a really amazing time. Yeah, it was really cool. We stayed at the Gaylord Opryland, which if you get a chance to go, I would oh, I would check it out. It man. was very much like a, a like a I don't know 
I think you called it a human terrarium, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a full greenhouse in uh-huh. there and a full water park in there and a bunch of stores. Yeah, indoor water restaurants. park. Restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. It was a huge, in, uh, just an enormous place. Yeah. And uh, in Nashville. Did we say it was in Nashville? It's in Nashville, yeah. Uh, massive structure. I mean, it was easy to get lost in. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we're, we're in a pandemic. And mm-hmm. when we were invited, we were very excited. It would think things were a little better when we actually talked about going. And once we're getting closer to, you know, the end of July, beginning of August, things were starting to look a little creepy with the Delta variant yeah. coming up. And we walked in and checked in and they give us our room key and a map and they say, okay, you know, walk down this hallway, go up these elevators, walk over there. And they circle right where our room is, like the section of the convention center where our hotel room is. And we look down at the map and it says Delta Island. (laughs) (laughs) The name of that wing was the Delta Wing. And so everywhere we go, there's big signs saying like, welcome to Delta or like, come get your Delta. Like it was just (laughs) everywhere. We're like... This is a bad sign. Can we leave? <laughs> but we but were no, fine. We're fine. We, we did got not in catch and out of Delta. there. <laughs> we got tested when we got home. Mm-hmm. We played it safe. We stayed low. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't go get in any other crowded spaces for for ten days or so. Right. Yeah. And we got to meet a bunch of people that work at iHeart that we've gotten to email with maybe, but haven't got to meet in person. Yeah. So that was really really awesome and Very so fun. And we just had a blast. And Nashville's really fun. So definitely want to go back there. Yeah another time. Right. Um, but one of the highlights, of course, was getting to sit on a panel with Ben and Noel yeah. from Ridiculous History, our big sister podcast, yes. Ridiculous History. Hosted by our big sisters, Ben and Noel. <laughs> yes. They're great sisters. Um, they lend us outfits all the time. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was all about music. Oh, my God. It taught us how to read. I had big sisters, and that's what it was. So. Well, I did not, so. Man. But my big brother get, taught me multiplication. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> a big things. brother's great, but get yourself, you, you know, get yourself a couple big sisters, and you're going you're gonna to turn out fine. <laughs> um, but get a yeah. little sister, too, and that, that helped as well, so. Well, I was the little sister, so yeah. you're welcome yeah. to others. You're um, welcome, David. <laughs> you're welcome, David. <laughs> he's like, for what? Anyway. <laughs> he's not listening. He's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the highlight was definitely sitting on this panel. It was called The Humor and the Heavy. And we kind of talked about how both of our shows have to often uh, dive into tragic or upsetting or just heavy periods of of history to find something kind of crazy that happened in that period of time to share with y'all. And how do you find that kind of humor in those jokes without disrespecting your topic or your subject or, you know, the real shit that people were going through during that time? So, yeah, it was a really cool experience to get to talk about comedy and how that works, kind of. It was awesome. I mean, just getting, you know, sitting down. I think we were a little nervous about it. We're we're fairly new to podcasting. So at first, I think we were like, what the hell do we have to say? (laughs) I definitely was like, "Mm." (laughs) but but we have a lot of experience in comedy. I mean, we've both been doing comedy as adults, you know, together for 15 plus years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was Kind of cool. Once we got rolling and once, especially once people started asking us questions and we had to think on our feet and really dive into the methodology of how this podcast and how comedy in these kind of situations works. Um, I don't know. I felt like I was even teaching myself as we talked about it, just sort of having revelations like, oh, I guess that is how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to put this to words. I would think if we did the same thing next year, hopefully we'd be even better at it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was really exciting. I, I'm excited to bring it to you guys today. 
uh, it's great to be up there with Ben and Noel. Yeah, um, and also the moderator is our friend Lauren uh, Vogelbaum, who's also a very good uh, and amazing podcast host with several shows of her own. Yeah. She did a great job moderating with us. So it was really just a really fun pile of folks on stage. So Lauren's it was a good time. Awesome. We spent a lot of time that week yeah. with Lauren and just had such a good time. You got to check out her show, Savor, I know is, yeah, is one American of my favorites. Shadows. American Shadows. Uh, she's awesome and she did a great job moderating and giving us really good questions. So, yeah, check it out. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall but if there's a story worth a second glance we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance a production of iHeartRadio. before we get started thank you so much uh for coming to this panel today uh is everybody having a good time at podcast movement so far has everyone gotten lost like in the jurassic park atrium at yes. least once mm-hmm. cool twice three times a lost yeah. Is anybody person. here actually lost now? Because if so, I will give directions. Yeah, he's yeah. great at that. Yeah. The panel that you are supposed to be in is called The Humor and the Heavy. Explore serious subjects with finesse and empathy. Wow. That sounds Ooh. like a fun panel. Yeah. Wow. See? Oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> no. oh, please stay. You're our ringer. All right. We need you. Uh, so, hi, uh, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. I am your friendly neighborhood moderator. Um, uh, the panel that we are in is the thing that I just said. Here with me on the stage today, we have Ben Bolin, Noel Brown, Eli Banks, and Diana Brown. No relation that I know of. <laughs> Not that oh, I know us, of. no. Cool. <laughs> We're friends. That would be a relation. surprise. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, they are the hosts of uh, Ridiculous History and Ridiculous Romance, which are uh, two podcasts. Uh, it's part of it. It's part of a whole ridiculous slate now mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. iHeart. We call it the RCU. No. RCE. RCE, yes. Extended. Extended. Yeah. Extended. Yes. Well, good. Um, uh, and, and, and these two shows explore, uh, uh, tr- try to take bits of history that are honestly ridiculous um, and, and explore the why and how of, 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 of what went down. Um, and frequently it's very funny and frequently it's incredibly tragic, um, often at the same time. Um, and so what they wanted to talk about today um, is just, just their, their insight into how they handle that um, carefully and with human empathy, but also keeping it, keeping it light and funny, entertaining. Um, so uh, I have some questions. Love okay, that. all right, here Ooh. we go. Okay. Way into Fire it. I'll allow it. <laughs> so y'all do often take a humorous approach, but um, but you have to acknowledge those serious, uncomfortable realities that are part of the stories that you're telling. Um, how how would you all describe the process for how you handle that on air? So uh, I I guess I would I would kick us off by saying one of the first things to think about is uh, the. It's almost cliche, but in our opinion, uh, when Noel and I first started Ridiculous History, we decided from day one that the most important part of any show we ever do, episode or podcast entire, is going to be the audience. And so, you know, we, dumb puns are there aplenty, sure. you know, yeah. and, and bits and riffing, but ultimately we want to serve the story and the audience by telling the truth 
even when it might feel uncomfortable. Uh, and, and a lot of, honestly, when you think about it, a lot of comedy exists in this sort of liminal space between what makes us laugh and what makes us uncomfortable. Uh, laughter itself is often a reaction to things that people would rather not acknowledge. Right. It's kind of funny, actually. You, you, one thing you learn being a podcaster is you can't make everybody happy. Um, so oftentimes we will hedge a little bit or talk about how a practice of a certain era perhaps is problematic and wouldn't fly today. And we literally get kind of dunked on sometimes for like trying to do that too hard maybe. But I think we do it just hard enough and it's important to us to acknowledge the present and you know the norms and what's okay now and why this I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example. Even like in the history of underwear, for example, like yeah. how it's so based on this like weird patriarchal kind of idea of beauty and like fashion. And it was very like the opposite of empowering for women. Um, and then it kind of, you know, progressed from there and became like, you know, Calvin Klein underwear models and all that. Oh, and reading uh, historically accurate quotations. Always fun. Because people were, you know, way less diplomatic at times. How about y'all? Uh, I know it's something, one thing that's interesting and different between our shows is we set a cutoff historically. A very uh, arbitrary. Very arbitrary. Well, it wasn't entirely arbitrary. It was based around apartheid. We had an episode about like a really plucky gorilla in, in, the, in the Johannesburg Zoo that like chased down a criminal. Um, and that was the focus of the story. But this is a great example too. It was all surrounded by apartheid, which is obviously a historical event that is super tragic, its own form of genocide you could argue in some ways but like uh, we decide okay this is a recent enough historical event and we really can't go much further back than this so we set mid our cutoff mid 1990s but y'all yeah. you don't really have that cutoff I think it's great because history is obviously being written every day but right. um, with some of the more modern stuff that you guys do how do you approach it you know in terms of keeping it light yeah uh, while talking about like heroin addicts that are murdering each other like Sid and Nancy for example that's true um, and, and that's sort of you know, we've been leaning more historical because it's nice to have at least the full story of these people's lives when we're talking about a romance. You know, we want to see the context of where they met and kind of the whole story of how it ended. Um, but we do get into some more modern stories while trying to dodge tabloidy stuff. You know, um, we've done a couple celebrities. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we, we're really steering clear of like a Hollywood insider, e new, you know, like tabloidy exploitative kind of feeling of if, right. it, if it's not got something if it's just like ew look at these two weirdo like it's kind of it feels bad you know what I mean there's got to be a richness to it like um, you know we're, we're not just going to peer inside people's current lives you know and pick them apart and and tell that story we, we, we want some sort of richness out of it like if, when we for example did the Robert Downey Jr. and his wife's story that was what we were really talking about is addiction yeah. And uh, and and how difficult that is, and we kind of used that fairly modern sort of tabloidy kind of story to examine something. I, I think a little deeper than that, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys do do a great job. At that. Yeah, they're better than us, actually. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, Eli and Diana, they're you're you're talking about these relationships from the past. Um, are there any examples that you have for us of of ones that are clearly misunderstood by people in these are modern times? Well, I'll, I'll start with um, one I think is really interesting we just did recently that's uh, 
this story has really opened up only in the last couple of years, and that was Winston and Clementine Churchill. And um, that was full of challenges because Winston Churchill is a super complicated character. He did a lot of really great things and a lot of really horrible things. And um, uh, But only in recent years, a biography came out in 2015 uh, where this author you know, went through all their personal letters and just found out that she was hugely instrumental in his rise to success and ultimately defeating the Nazis, which was great. And, oh, uh, a guy uh, you know, credit. For, what's a, that? A guy took credit for something a woman actually did? Yeah, I know. It, no and, way. You know, weird, weird, we've right? been seeing that over and over again. It never happens, but this time it happens. Weird. <laughs> so, um, so that was one where, you know, the, the idea of Clementine Churchill for so long was that she was very quiet and kind of just like stood by her man. And I, I've never heard of her. I'm not yeah. joking. I mean, I, I didn't see the movie, but I've not heard of Clementine Churchill. Yeah, I knew. This exact moment. That, yeah, yeah. I'm ashamed we, to we say. I knew very little before we started researching and, um, and kind of learning that romance was something I, I don't think people are only beginning to understand it. So that was something that, you know, we were happy to bring out to people. But then Ajarita? Yeah, definitely. We are like our second episode was about um, a woman who married the Berlin Wall, and so we ended up like going I'm sorry, into what? married. She married, married the Berlin Wall. The Berlin okay. Wall. Okay, yeah. just making sure. I heard you. And so, <laughs> just throwing that out there, um, we ended up getting really into objectum sexuality, and we started talking about animism and and, and all kinds of like, just it went into a lot of different kind of rabbit holes, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, I think, was something was very misunderstood about them because they, they, as you as you got more and more into how they feel about it and how they express it and how it, how it's happening for them and in real time and and it was really kind of profound and it was powerful and I was like, I feel this romance happening even though I can't enter it. I would I can't enter into that at all myself. But I was like. I like I'm. I have a little tear in my eye. I would watch this Pixar movie. I would. I mean, you know, like. And I Who would play the too. wall? Who would be the voice of the wall? I mean, uh, can we go Tom Waits? Christoph Waltz, perhaps. Christoph Timothy Waltz. He is Chalamet? the go-to German. Herzog. Actor, right? Herzog. Ooh. Herzog. Oh, Herzog. 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 I don't know, I don't know if he'd do it. Yeah. He's tough I am lonely. Please love me. Yes. <laughs> I would watch the but, movie. Well, I was really glad we did that episode first or early because I think we approached it because it sounded funny. And that, that, as we dug into it, I think we really like just found a lot of empathy for these people and understanding. And it really sort of set, I think, us in a direction on the show that was like, we need to come at every subject with a hugely open mind. Um, and sometimes, you know, your mind is open and you learn something incredible and you're, you have a whole new appreciation. And sometimes you get like Sid and Nancy. I didn't know anything about them. I was like, I'm really open to learn about more of these people. And I was injured. That was a very like very yeah. dark story. That was hard to. But oh I, yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I think that's how you you do the line of of humor and heavy is sort of remembering that history is very human. Everyone you're you're looking at is human. And even if they're a thousand years ago, four thousand years ago, ten years ago. We all have things that are, I mean, instincts that are just real. And if you can tap into that, you can, you can take anything with respect. And you can tell that mm-hmm. story with respect and still have a lot of fun with it without, like, punching down. Yeah. I got it. Tilda Swinton as the wall. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. Right? Tilda Where Swinton were we? Is the wall She's and so versatile. Ajarita. She can just play anything. That would work. Yes. Well. She might be one of us right oh, now. She can do I anything. I don't know. She's amazing. Uh, yes. This is, all of us are Tilda Swinton. Um, um. 
speaking of those human moments that are so important, how do you how do you find those in all of the stories that you pursue? I think that's a that's a question that applies to any podcast. I, I, I'd like to poll us in the audience because uh, we are recording this live. This will be on our show later, so you are already part of the show now. Uh, and I think we we have a lot of people uh, at the movement today who are themselves podcasters, right? And you run into those moments where you say. Why, why am I telling this story? How do I convey this story differently? You know, what, what is the difference between someone just reading a timeline that says so-and-so was born in 1819, and then in 1834, you know, they invented, um, they invented round. Corn. What? Corn? Corn they was invented an invention. Corn. Yeah. They invented round corn. Wow or something like that, and then you go, you go through a timeline, you kind of lose the soul of it. Uh, no, like Diana said, nobody is, no, life is one big game of telephone and long form improv. No one's really sure how it's gonna end, you know? You just try to sort of yes and your way through it. And uh, what you find is that if you really look at these people, not as epic, you know, entries in a history textbook, what you find is that they, too, are rarely convinced that they are doing the right thing. They have quarrels, right? you know? Well, it's interesting, too. It all depends on the source, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. as you say, history is written by the, the winners and all of that, so it certainly can have a spin to it and a slant to it, and I think the key, too, is reading from lots of different sources, lots of different perspectives, and also having our own perspective, because there was a really great talk earlier with Charlemagne and... Uh, Jill Scott and, and our boss Connell and Dolly and, and, and Dolly of course and uh, I think what something Charlemagne said that was totally correct is that podcasts are all about personality I think that's sort of like a duh kind of statement but it's about perspective you know it's like we anybody can tell the same story but it's not going to be the same story it's all about who's telling it and how it's being told and not to say that facts are going to change but it's about the empathy and the humanness that you bring to it as an individual human person with a perspective and that's how you connect you know with your audience, I think. Which is something I think uh, Eli and Diana do really well. Agreed. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We, it, you guys are totally think, humans. Well, I we love that about you. Honestly, we have it a little easier than you guys because our subject matter is literally romance. So there is a very human element like built into every episode, even even when it's not a romance like the John and Lorena Bobbitt story, you know, that there's... There's still a human it's a element romance there. of a kind. It, it is, right? And in the beginning. And yeah. they when they met, there was a very brief, beautiful moment where they were just totally enamored with each other and you know went downhill from it there. It was but, a very brief <laughs> year. Rolled downhill into a bush. Yeah. <laughs> Behind a seven eleven, yeah. They they had to yeah. pick it up, put it in yeah. a box. I cut short. Who said that? That was great. <laughs> Very good. This is the kind of stuff you can expect on episodes of Ridiculous History and Ridiculous Romance. But no, I think, yeah, again, it's just, it's kind of what you bring to the table. And, and I agree that you guys do a really, really great job of kind of like humanizing and just being empathetic and just like approaching things with kindness, you know, and right. not punching down. There's right. so many podcasts that are very inherently negative or mean-spirited, and I like some of those a lot, right. but that's not what we do. We try to bring sort of a kindness yeah. and a thoughtfulness, but also lightheartedness to some heavy topics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it Every rival, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Um, have there been any figures who who you've started looking into and you start realizing that they've just been completely misportrayed? Um, Hitler. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> they got him right. No, no they, they totally, nailed that one. Yeah, yeah really that's did. largely accurate. Um, yeah, what a great question because there are the the distressing slash inspiring answer. You can decide whether this glass for you is half full or half mm-hmm. empty. To be super cliche about it, is that a if not um, a majority, a surprising and disturbing, disturbingly sizable proportion of people, of figures throughout history, are in some way misportrayed. Uh, and they're misportrayed often because um, the way that they are taught to students. You know, if you're, if you're not in grad school for James Joyce, you're probably not gonna hear all the weird stuff James Joyce did. I mean, I'm gonna keep it kind of family friendly, but James Joyce was like not a beloved figure in his, you know, his version of Cheers, his, his bars that he would hit up when he wasn't agonizing over Finnegan's Wake or something, because he would do stuff where he had, this is true, he had a, um, a tiny pair of women's, uh, oh, we did the underwear episode. Mm-hmm. We should have mentioned this. I don't remember that story. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the edge it, of my seat. It didn't make it in. But um, he had a tiny pair of women's underwear that he would fit around his pointer and his middle finger. Like finger skateboard? Yeah, like fingers, exactly. Yeah. And, oh, that's awesome. and so he was like, people were 
when they saw him, they were instantly show, tired. Kind of? yeah, yeah, he would like That's walk amazing. up. To, he wouldn't know them, and he would be like, "Oh," and people don't want to really know that about the guy who changed Western literature. Oh, I think it changed. Know? I love it. I think it makes uh, all I'm the difference. I'm very happy to know that about mm-hmm. the guy who changed Western literature. <laughs> but that's, that's again, that's a human moment. A million percent. Right? Right? No, a million Especially with some a work as heavy and puzzled over as like some of his stuff is, you know, this like literal puzzle box of a, of a novel. I guess he worked hard and He was just hard, kind yeah. of a weird dude. Yeah, I love that. Worked weird and partied. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say our biggest in that category is probably the Empress Elagabalus. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, she was a transgender empress of Rome, and we know that because the documents of the time about her said, she said, call me the empress, call me his wife, that yeah. is what I want to be referred to as. And then for 1,800 years, most of the documents said he right. when they were talking about her. And um, so that, you know... we. Of course, that's a lot more modern discourse that we're able to kind of learn and examine that. But, um, but I, I think it's something that uh, is starting to change and, and has been misrepresented through history. But we're, you know, we can obviously look at it a different way now. But especially with things like ancient Rome, where, again, the, the history is written by the, the winners, right. you have perspectives where it could be like very uh, belittling to right. someone like that. Right. And you'll see certain uh, historians that clearly have a slant and had an issue right. with this person. Yes, that was, some, that was something that really came clear researching that episode because it was like, okay, well, at the time they wrote this, but it could have been a jab. They were trying to make him look bad or something or they erased from history people that they were just like, actually, that's your punishment. We're just going to just scratch you out the record for a minute, like mm-hmm. for four to 10 to however many years. Yeah. And then you have to go back and kind of be like, okay, so this could be hearsay. It could be gossip. It could be a story somebody told somebody else because they wanted to look cool. You know, like you're, totally. you're not sure. And it's, that's kind of interesting too, to, to see that pettiness. If you know, we petty through history. You know, like, yeah. yeah we've never would, stopped yeah, the shade. Never not start. <laughs> And because it's, you know, at least according to the records we do have, because she was a terrible person, you know, like murdered a lot of people. Um, So, yeah. It's hard to walk that one back. Right. You know, right. (laughs) But but I think, you know, one thing we could take away from that question is something that applies to us today, which is um, often the way history is taught trends toward telling us one thing about a person and it may be the most important thing they've ever done and it may have fundamentally you know changed our experience living today but that wasn't the only thing they did like the current dalai lama true story super into watches he like collects watches he's he's all about it and he doesn't I guess really talk about it. You like swatches? No, remember swatches? I think he's like <laughs> I do, and it would yeah. be super cool. We're like the Keds of watches, yeah. kind but, of. But you everybody, know. like you're you're here you're here today, and thank you for being here. And you you right now are the version of you that has gone to a meetup about podcasts. But you're also someone's kid. You may have children of your own. You right. probably have like a high school friend that thinks of you as a totally different version of you, mm-hmm. and people throughout history have that too. Well, Maybe not the high school thing, but you know, you get it. So much of history, especially like armchair, like pop history, is is inherently reductive. It kind of has to be. Yeah, right. it's really impossible, or, or you know, unless you're Malcolm Gladwell or whoever that guy is 
that does the five hour history podcast. Uh, Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Dan, I not can't George. hang with that. I can't yeah. do it. No, he's good. Uh, no, really I'm sure good. it's great. I'm sure it's for somebody, but it's not for me. And I'm okay <laughs> oh, with that. Boy. Um, but I, I, um, I think you can handle the, the short form versions still with respect and not being so reductive mm-hmm. that you're, you know, creating a super one dimensional picture of, of, of one of these figures, yeah, you know? Right. And this is, this is something I want to shout out with, um, that, that I love that you all do on ridiculous romance. You, you do what I think, uh, good storytellers should do, which is you embrace those tangents, you know, like when yeah. people, people used to talk about Nikola Tesla, right. And they would say, uh, you know, they would have like the five to six talking points and then, Somebody did the research and said, oh, actually, he got real deep with this pigeon toward the end of his life, and it was, like, weirdly wholesome, and then that became one of those points. And I I also, you know, Lauren Vogelbaum, moderating today, uh, has a show that she does, uh, one of her many shows, called Savor, which is ostensibly about food. Uh, And catch me if I'm misspeaking here, but... It's never. It's about food. Okay. Well, it's never just about food. I feel like because it goes into culture, it goes into folklore, it goes into the sociology of the thing. And if you really want to understand a person, an event, a concept, then, like Noel said, you need to look at all the differing, disagreeing sources, and then you need to look at all the things around it because context is crucial to the plot. Yeah. Um, thank you for the shout out. Uh, I I want to go back to this is partially what, what what you guys are talking about about sensitivity, but also partially what um, what y'all were talking about about wanting to avoid uh, being exploitative, exploitative. What's just the word? Does anyone here know? Dealer's choice. Great. Yeah. Um, You're the moderator. Oh, um, <laughs> I was an English major. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, about about trying not to be that thing, um, uh, but still. Like, like you guys do funny podcasts, like funny is part of the shtick. So like, how do you, how do you kind of um, have fun without making fun? Oh, I like what Diana said, punching down. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's huge. I, I mean, that's a huge rule in comedy in general is that, you know, how much power is in the equation, that's who you make fun of is the one who has all the power in the situation and the people who don't. You don't make fun of them. <laughs> they got enough to deal with. Yeah. So um, I think that's definitely... Uh, uh, what's that word? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Thank Got you. An expert. <laughs> you I found it. it. Well, it's, no. It, yeah, please. Well, I was just gonna say it's you know we like our show. We're a married white cis heteronormative right. couple. Like, there's a lot of down to punch, and I, it's mm-hmm. but it's also not difficult to find completely different things to laugh about. Like we talked about. Um, uh, the Lonely Hearts Killers. Yeah. Right. These are two people who met uh, in a catalog in the fifties, I think forties. Yeah, newspaper ads in the fifties. And uh, and then got together and, and murdered a bunch of people. And there's <laughs> not a lot funny about that. Um, I don't know what we did. I shouldn't even brought it up because I can't remember what we did find funny about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though. You don't have to make it into a joke or right. make it into a bit. Right. It's again, like I was saying, it's all about your perspective and the humanness right. with which you approach something heavy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to tell a doom and gloom, I call it misery porn story. Yes. You're going to find something to just around it yeah. and that's really the key yeah. you know exactly. you don't have to convert it into some kind of like stand-up routine right. that's not what no. we do at all yeah right. we make fun of ourselves mostly. 100%. exactly exactly and we, earned it. we earned every bit of or the that. circumstances yeah. they're in i mean you know mm-hmm. that era is was 
there was so much ridiculousness happening happening around the circumstances that led to their relationship, that led to what they were doing mm-hmm. to other people in their lives who, you know, allowed them to behave like this. Or it's just absurd, and you can kind of laugh at that, I yeah. think. Or the joke. The joke is also can be what my reaction to this, or how I would do, how I would have reacted, and how differently this person did you know what I mean that's the joke becomes like if it were me I would have sold him off the you know it would have been a totally different and then you have a good time and then you're like let me get back to the story which is very tragic and we're getting back to the story now you know I I think that's an important way to connect with your audience too is because they're thinking that themselves and then you're acting as a stand-in for them Mm -hmm. as well and kind of inserting yourself into the narrative and I think that's something that we've learned and we get the most outreach about is like I just like hanging out and like, you know, you guys ask yeah. the questions that occurred to me as they yes. occurred to me. Uh-huh. And I think that's a real, you know, it, it, it's sort of intuitive, but it is something you learn to kind of lean into over yeah. time, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's so great. Yeah. What would you do in that situation? That's why people, uh, that's why people watch uh, horror films, right? Because you, there's something to, to knowing your own perspective on there and saying like, yeah, don't go in the cabin. You know, and you're looking around at other people in the theater and they're like, please stop talking. You're like, but (laughs) yeah, I I, I think that's it. I think that's a huge point um, that that I I love. I love to hear in podcast or just in conversation, because really you're exercising empathy by assuming that perspective. And also just the last thing is like we are trying to have you walk away with having learned a thing a little bit at least you know um something that you can remember and whether you've learned from the experiences of others historically or it's just a little you know thing you can bring up at parties and tell a weird story about you know the married couple that went on a killing spree um that's good good party fodder but sure no i'm just saying like that's a big part of it too is we want to make sure people are walking away having learned something having been entertained and having felt some kind of connection i guess right um, so as you're, as you're talking through some of these subjects that, that do get into deep, weird places, uh, has there ever been a moment where you felt like ethically or morally obligated to tell a particular part of the story or to tell a particular part of it a particular way? Yes. Yeah. You can't do a heartwarming story about a gorilla in South Africa in the 1990s and not talk about apartheid. That's right. right. That was a you, big deal for you us. You cannot not do that. That was sort of the wake up moment for us. Where we were like, oh, we kind of have to figure out how to do the thing that we're talking about today. Because that was relatively early on in the show's life. Yeah. And that's when we realized we had to talk about the surrounding circumstances of this ultimately heartwarming story to make the heartwarming bit pay off. You had to explain the like tragedy surrounding this whole thing. This gorilla, by the way, became this rallying uh, figure kind of around um, which people just kind of like almost this revolutionary figure, you know, during apartheid when all of this horrible stuff was happening. Or if you like talk about um, silly things that in retrospect seem silly from earlier eras of humanity, you know, you talk about um, what's like one of those old songs, like the origin of the song Ring Around the Rosie. You know what I mean? Right. That gets dark pretty quick. Totally. And it's kind of irresponsible, or at the very least, it's somewhat unethical or misleading if, um, if you are telling that story and you're not also saying, this might seem cutesy now, but here's why it happened. Mm-hmm. Because people in the past were not unintelligent. They were working with what they had, you know? And you talk about, like, um, there's a fantastic podcast called Sawbones, mm-hmm. right? Which talks about what we would call medical quackery, 
right? And what really that is, is it's not a bunch of people waking up and going, you know what, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get real weird with it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just gonna like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like prescribe uh, walking Wittershins uh, mm-hmm. around an occluded moon mm-hmm. and then uh, slapping people with beats. Mm-hmm. That came from somewhere, you know? Like people were thinking through a process the best they could. Right. And that's the empathy we have to have. They did not have the advantages that people living now have. Right, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one th- I'm kind of thinking of two uh, or three, actually, because you, know, you guys mentioned apartheid, and we did a, the story about uh, Soretze Kama and Ruth Williams, and that was an interracial couple. that They uh, married in what was Bechuana land at the time, later became Botswana, largely because of their marriage, and, um, and apartheid you know, forced them, even though it was happening in another place in South Africa, their influence on England and trade deals and everything got England to force them in ex- into exile out of their own country. Um, so, you know, s- similarly, we had to kind of address apartheid in that episode that ended up being a really important contextual part of their story. Sure. Um, other times it's less contextual, but we did the story of um, uh, Bert and Linda Pugash, who, uh, it's an insane story. It's our next episode to come out. And uh, this guy hired uh, uh, some, some thugs to, to attack this woman who didn't want to date him anymore, and they threw acid in her face and blinded oh, her. And Terrible. when he got out of prison 12 years later, they got married. Yeah. And were happily married for the rest of their life. Um, and yeah. it's a whole story, but wow. within that, he was in Attica prison during the Attica prison riots. And mm-hmm. was only very tangentially involved, and I didn't know a lot about the Attica prison riots when I was doing the research, and I learned about them and said, it's insane that I haven't ever heard of this. Did you watch yeah. Dog Day Afternoon as part of your research? I, I, well, we need to, because we're going to do that couple, you too. Should. I yeah. haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, but, we, yeah. Got, we got um, that on But that was where it wasn't necessarily contextual to the story, but I was like, I, I can't not take this opportunity to make people aware of this thing. Right. So right. it almost turned into a 10-part series just about that, but we had to <laughs> you you know, be minimize it. Yeah, 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 um, sure. but, but couldn't walk away without bringing it up. It just seemed mm-hmm. too important. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when we did um, the 16th century poets, Shah Hussein and Madhu Lal, that was definitely one where I was like, okay, it feels important to explain not only his, his, uh, the sect of religion that he was practicing, not only that area's uh, feelings currently about gay marriage or gay relationships, and also all the, the political like stuff with Kashmir and the line of control and all this stuff because their relationship was a Hindu and a Muslim living in harmony. So their relationship is still considered like uh, uh, a symbol of universal harmony for them and, and, and true like spiritual connection. And so some, some of them are like, they were just spiritual. They were not lovers. It was not gay, you know, whatever. And then a lot of people are like, they, no, they, I think they were gay. They had, a, they had a loving gay relationship, you know, whatever. So it was really interesting to dive into that and, and feel it really felt important to have all that context around their relationship because otherwise it wasn't as powerful. You didn't see the impact, why we chose it. You know, it was like, this, this has a lot, <laughs> you know, it was deep, so yeah. That's awesome. We get in yeah. those rabbit holes. Sometimes they're good rabbit holes and sometimes they're not helpful. <laughs> yeah, you find out at the bottom, I think. <laughs> but then you're trapped in a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. And you, How do you climb out? Well, yeah. I, I think that's gonna be a question at some point. <laughs> um, has 
there has there ever been a, a story that as you were getting into it, you were like, oh, this is actually too much, and I need to put it down and walk away? Have you ever walked away from a story? Uh, well, yeah, um, there's a, a couple that come to mind. One, uh, we early on said, oh, we should do Marilyn Monroe's story. And we started doing some research on that, and we were like, you know what, this is a really difficult and sad story. Like, there's not, we, we can't have fun with this. We, it doesn't fit our show because it's it, totally inappropriate to be funny about much of any of it. So that was one where we've, uh, we may one day tackle it, but I think so far we've decided it's not it's not right for our show. Um, and then Shah Hussein and Madhulal, we actually uh, re-recorded that episode. It was it was like our third episode. That's so we right. Still we kind talked of, about that. And yeah. Then you kind of learned yeah. from the about it. false yeah. start and kind of realized yeah. you were over-hedging mm -hmm. over a little exactly. bit. We mm. were being so reverent mm -hmm. and, you know, because this was a totally different culture than ours and we really wanted to be respectful and stuff. And I think we went a little too far and it wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was a little too quiet and, and, and calm and it didn't have a lot of energy. Timeliney, like mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, very They were wrote, born, they the went facts. to a thing, they did a stuff and it was uh, over, you know, and it was I don't like. I want to say anything. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> this isn't it. <laughs> we, so we, like, let's just empty our minds and just redo it without any, like, serious notes. We were just like, let's just have more fun with it, mm -hmm. have a good time with it, tell this story, keep the respect. Right. And, and it turned out great the second time. We yep. hoped it was. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a really yeah, good example. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't know if we've walked away from. No, one. there were. That was. We also have a full disclosure. We have a, a amazing research, research assistant yeah. named Gabe, mm -hmm. who helps us. You know, do kind of like bullet points and pull from different sources mm -hmm. and helps us pick, pick topics. You know, because Ben and I also do another show called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Yep. Uh, that we do five days a week. Um, we do two episodes of Ridiculous History every week, so it's nice to have a little bit of, of research help. But we, you know dig in ourselves as well and mm. contribute and it's sort of a collaborative process but I think there were a few that he pulled that we maybe never did because they there was one that was about like some German folk tales around Christmas or something like that right. and it was so like just grim and dark mm -hmm. and like kind of depressing and it was like a ring around the posy moment it really was and it was yeah. like uh, I think we were just like you know what let's just give that one a miss mm -hmm. uh, we I guess you're right we did walk away from we did walk away from Jack the Ripper uh, not to be too Smart. precious about it there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of excellent scholarship on this It's probably one of the most well-documented serial murders in, in, in this era. That's for a different show, though. Isn't it? it is for a different show. <laughs> yeah. And then also, you know, it's, um, we didn't want to be precious about it, but it's kind of callous to be like, hey, these people's lives were horrible. They died in horrible ways. What do you do next? Waka, waka, waka? That's terrible, right. you know? And so we, we've, I think over time, uh, me and this guy have developed sort of a, a spidey sense for that kind of for that kind of thing because you know you you earn the uh, trust the rapport of again the most important part of the show the person listening and they're extending uh, what I would argue is the most valuable currency of this time which is time right your personal time in a world of ubiquitous never-ending information make it worth it and if they if you if someone's trusting us to uh, to properly convey a story and to travel along with us 
for a few minutes, then we don't want to trick them. That's like hopping into an Uber to go down the street. And you're like, holy shit, why are we going to Montana? Right. <laughs> no, and to, to double back to, that's really totally true. Double back to what we said Thank earlier. Pardon the French. No, no, it's fine. You can speak French all you want. Um, it is about that connection with the audience. And you could get these stories. We didn't, we don't have like the monopoly on weird history stories. No. There's other podcasts that have done the same stories we've done. We have a sister podcast called uh, Stuff You Miss in History Class. We initially, they're fantastic. We initially were like trying really hard not to cover anything that they'd covered. But then we realized like it, we, it's different. It doesn't matter. It is our perspective. And it's going, even if someone enjoys that show, they can hear us doing the same episode topic and it would be a completely different version of it even if like the facts were all true it's like a different version of that story that could probably be valuable or at least entertaining in a different way or comforting in a different way maybe no one owns a story no you know? and that's what i'm saying what we want to make sure we continue to do is approach everything we do with that empathy and connectedness with the audience yeah. so that people continue to hang out you know the best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count from bbc radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. 
Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. Uh, speaking of the audience, hi. Uh, we were wondering if y'all had any questions for us. Uh, there's a microphone that's going to be coming around. I'm sure you're used to this by now. We're recording for virtual, so be clear, okay? <laughs> yes, please. Hi. Um, whoa, that's loud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did it at the beginning, too. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, my name is Colleen, and um, my podcast is not almost there. It's not funny, but it's um, kind of like uplifting, motivational, inspirational. Yeah. And there's been a couple moments we had this guest, and we like plan for it, do our research, everything like that. Um, and this one guest whose um, father had passed away, which was a pivotal moment in his life, and he's done countless um, interviews about it, spoken about it, but on our podcast, he got really emotional. Mm. And it was like deer in the headlights, like, I don't know how to respond to this emotion right now. Mm. And like, it was a worse tr transition. Like on YouTube, we even got this comment that was like, good content, but oof, you missed that moment. Like right away, the audience like commented on it. So I don't know if you have any advice on even in all your prep, like you get to a moment while you're recording that you're that it gets like super emotional. Like, how do you comfortably live in that emotional moment and then bring it out to even if it's not humor, but it's like a, a, a to a higher place? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can give an example not from this show at all. We all work on lots of different stuff, or Ben and I in particular, and, and Lauren. And I did a true crime show called Happy Face that was about the uh, father. It was about the daughter of a uh, infamous serial killer. And she got very emotional talking about finding out about her father being this rapist, murderer, you know, secret life kind of guy. And she cried a lot. And we had to walk the line of like, are we doing service to her story by using these clips or is it exploitive to her? And she's obviously part of this. She's an executive producer on the project, so she was very much open to whatever we wanted to do and had, like, cut if she wanted it gone. She was fine with whatever we wanted to use, but we had a, you know, I think, obligation to ourselves and to listeners to not overplay that hand and to only use it in a way that served the story and served the narrative and, like, the emotion of her, you know, revelation kind of so does that make sense I think it's like something you have to kind of like feel out in the moment and it's certainly different for a conversational show than it might be for a heavy sure. production lift I, type I, show I would I would say um, Holly in terms of nuts and bolts with those kinds of interviews uh, you are as the interviewer you are going to find yourself being the um, object of stability in this mm -hmm. conversation about these things that have happened uh, so everything can change and be perfect and just so in post, in the editing room, right? But when you are with that person in that moment, one of the most important things is um, you, don't, you shouldn't feel like you have to rush it. Silence can always be cut, right? And you shouldn't feel like, okay, we need to wrap it up because often psychologically for people, um, when you're remembering something, you are experiencing it again right right and so it's incredibly crucial i would say to first if you know that kind of stuff is if you're going to go into those waters bake in for that interview at least um at least 50 percent more time than you were planning so if it's if you're like we're going to talk for an hour be ready to go for an hour and a half or two hours uh make sure that 
you don't leave them in that moment, you know, and, and you, can, you can stay with them. It's totally fine to say, hey, do you want to take a break, right? And we'll, you know, we, we'll come back in 10. Um, but when you say, you know, we'll come back in 10, what you're really saying and what they're feeling, even if it's unconscious, is this person is not going to leave me alone. They're not going to run away from this. And then that, once you, once you kind of unlock that and you build that level of trust, um, they are going to be super, super open to talk about other stuff because they don't want to live in that moment necessarily right. either. And you sort of help shepherd them through yeah. it. And yeah. it does build. Trust. And the next thing you know, the conversation ends on like Police Academy 4 or something the best, like that. Clearly the best Police yeah, I Academy mean it, movie. Rotten Tomatoes has spoken. Yeah. Hi, my name is Amy Watson, and um, I I'm, have a podcast on PTSD that I started after the pandemic. And um, so my podcast is Wednesdays with Watson, and I started my first season autobiographical because I have lots of trauma, climbed in a closet and started telling my story, right? Um, and I loved what you just said about not leaving the listener in a bad place, right? But you can imagine, like I'm pretty funny in real life, but it's very difficult to be funny when you're talking especially when I was telling my, my autobiography, which is lots and lots of trauma. Um, do you guys find just as valuable, and I think you hit it, and I'm sorry, I can't read your name from here, but, I, but do you find it just, because I'm just, there's no way to really inject humor in a, in a podcast about PTSD. There just isn't. I mean, there's some ways, but is it just as effective to just what you just said, not leave them in a bad place? So like my second season is telling the stories of other people's trauma and the, the, the crooked roads of hope and pain and how they're not there anymore, right? Mm. And so we leave them with that, the hope. But, but the journey, the 20-minute journey there is not fun. Sure. And so one of the things I did, because to avoid what happened to her, is when people come on and tell their stories, because I'm also a writer, so I do a pre-interview, listen to their story, That's a big write it so people sure. could can swallow it in small parts and in a little bit of creative way and then interview them. So in your opinion, in the heart, which is why I came in here, is I, I want them to keep listening to the next story, the next story, because this is something people aren't talking about. Is that, in your opinion, just as effective as being funny? Because I can't be funny about this. Well, you don't have to, I, I would, um, I'm gonna be fully transparent with you. Not really joking, uh, Diana and Eli are, in my opinion, a little funnier than us. But I think, I think all, all five of us could agree that, um, <clears throat> so we're thinking in terms of palette, right? Like a, a color palette. And the, what's worse than a lack of humor is forced humor. You know, right. somebody's talking about like a time they lost someone in a house fire. And, you know, um, if you have the temerity to try to force a joke in there, that's, that's either monstrous or it's um, cartoonishly negligent. Mm -hmm. Like you're, that, that is a missing piece. So I would say, I would say if, if humor feels forced, then that probably is, that, that is a strong indicator that it doesn't belong in that part. Mm -hmm. and, and, and an audience feels that um, the way that animals can sense earthquakes before they happen. Like they will know. Podcast listeners are very intelligent. For sure. What do y'all think? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we start, you know, making sure that we are in a story that we can be funny about to some degree. So it, it's, it's a little outside our, our world, but um, 
but I think you know we've done comedy for a long time together, and uh, one thing, one major thing that we learned is that uh, you know you're you're walking your audience through it, and comedy is human, and uh, and humane. Uh, good comedy is, and uh, you can be jarring and shocking and surprising without breaking that wall of being yeah. humane. And um, and I think like we'll interrupt, you know, a lot of our heavy moments with a joke, yeah. but. We have to find a way to do that that doesn't negate that moment, that doesn't undo the, the importance and the heaviness of what we just talked about. Right. And, yeah. and I've cut jokes that didn't do that before. You know, we don't always nail it in the record, but, um, but when, they're, when they're right, I think it, it really kind of helps your audience yeah. kind of walk away from that moment. Yeah, I think some I, of my favorite like, films and television shows do that too, where they break up like, heavy stuff with yeah. like, a little bit of levity. And I think that's, you need that. It's like a palate cleanser to kind of get you through to the next thing. Yeah. It's true. It does, it does help you hang on to the end. You know what I mean? When you're talking about something so heavy and so real, and of course, there's nothing to joke about, but it's hard to stay in that space for a really long time. So finding a way, even if it's not humorous, but I think you're thinking in the right direction of like finding a light moment, even if it's not a funny laugh out loud moment, just to like, okay. We Brackless. are good. We did yes. that, and now we're back, and now we can go into the rest of it. Yeah. That's what that's what I would say. I think you guys hit on it. So maybe a better way to think of this is that comedy or humor is a genre of connection, yes. right? It is not the only genre. So if there is some sort of connection, it is doing the work yes. that comedy would have done, yes. and Very all true. of these are yeah. equal. Yeah. And and I and I I hate to interject. We've got we've been told. Uh, by our right. experts over here. Give a hand for them, please. They're doing yeah. the real work. Uh, that's Michael, that's Zach, that's Michelle in the back. You're so good at names, Ben. Crews. Yeah, well, crew. well uh, <laughs> we, we walked over here. Um, Michelle, do we have time for one more question? Do we have I, I one think? more? Okay, okay. You well, can do it's, it. it's all on Michelle now. We believe in you. Hello. Hello. Uh, Heather Parody, and I host a show called Happy Brain, not Happy Ooh. Face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we look at fun mental health hacks and tips. And we're about 100 episodes in. Um, my background is mental health therapy. And so it's been kind of like beaten into me, like the reverence of mental health for good reason. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also have like, this other side to me that's like quirky and weird. Like, don't look me up on TikTok. Like, I do skits and I like that. So I'm really wanting to merge those two together, but also. I'm just so afraid to really lean into that with, because it's such a heavy topic and it's so serious, but to the point of connection, I feel like that's the draw of comedy is we can talk about this stuff. It's, it's a little bit more lighthearted. So this next hundred episodes we do, I really want to lean more into the funny and make it more enjoyable, but I'm yeah. also just so scared of like doing, saying the wrong thing or whatever. And I just wanted to know from your expertise, like approaching something like mental health, what is something that you would advise me as a creator to be considerate of or to think of or mindset-wise or tactically to do this well, um, but also make it fun too, because that's my heart. I think you want to be obviously sensitive to anyone that might be going through these things while not being so oversensitive that you neuter the whole conversation, kind of, you know? I think some people, like, again, that's a great example you said about that one episode where you were so worried about getting it right or being sensitive to every possible angle. I don't think you always can. You have to kind of just go with your gut and be yourself and just kind of let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, obviously we're all thoughtful people and we're not going to try to say anything that's going to trigger or offend anybody, but I do sometimes think we could probably be a little easier on ourselves and not, you know, be so overly 
yeah. you're worried that we're going to say the wrong thing because then you end up saying nothing at all. <laughs> right. Yes, that's no. very true. And if your guiding star is, I, I respect this and I have, I have appreciation for what's going on, what the struggle is, I think you won't, you won't punch down that way because you're, you kind of picked your hero, right? So you're like, I, I know whose side I'm on. So when I'm making fun, it's again, it's to help you get through this conversation apply it to yourself in a way that's not scary and um and like we're in this to get we're here together i mean it's yep. just like you make jokes at a funeral nobody's like what a jerk you know what i mean like everyone's right. like oh thank god you said something <laughs> like relieve some tension you know what i mean and so it really you can find a really i think as long as you're thinking as you are thinking which is i have a lot of respect for this topic i think you won't go too far and uh, the other thing uh, you taught me this years ago uh is that not not to be too afraid to slip up and as long as you're open to learn and um and that some things are you know no group of people is a monolith right so there's going to be different opinions about things and you just have to keep listening and adapting um and and hopefully you never get it wrong again but uh but you may and that's okay as long as you know what matters is what you do with that afterwards mm -hmm. i think yeah right. well said yeah, well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of you for being here. Thank you to thank our you staff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. And, and we'll, be, we'll be hanging for a second after this. Um, unfortunately, we do have to wrap because otherwise I owe Michael and Zach, like, all the beer. So uh, have a wonderful time at Podcast Movement, everyone, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. I feel like we didn't sound like idiots. I feel like we sounded kind of smart yeah well it was great i mean again lauren did such a great job moderating mm -hmm. uh ben and noel were both very kind to us as they always are it's, oh my, it's yeah, ridiculous so complimentary. I'm like, you guys like it's okay we'll we'll continue to be friends with you you don't have to keep complimenting us well i think it's sincere which is nice i know it's, i feel it's it. always better when you have a compliment that comes from a real place and not from a place of like i'm blowing smoke up your ass well yeah and from people who we've learned so much from right and you know, you know and what I hope, they're talking about yeah i hope they see that too that it's like they're partly responsible whatever success they feel like we have right like largely comes from them you know and especially i mean we've both been working with ben creatively yeah for the same 15 plus years and i think we've all learned from each other and ben's just an awesome mm -hmm. creative partner and they're they're both creative great creative partners now um and i thought it was awesome uh, doing this piece with them and they were great handing stuff off and you know throwing answers to us and and uh, Again, just saying wonderful things. We love them. Yeah, they're the best So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely had that thing where you know You think of a million things you wish you had said of course. <laughs> After it, but of course whatever as you said in the beginning Hopefully we get to do something like that again and be a little more prepared and kind of go, oh, I know where I tripped up last time or how I could have said that a little more clearly or whatever. Right. You know, that thing. It was weird that you kept standing up and mooning the audience in in the middle of like really serious questions. Uh, I was trying to show how to bring the humor to the heavy. Uh, well, you know, it's that's one tactic. It worked every time. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Except that, that lady that ran out crying. Well, you know, you can't win them all. Yeah. Everyone's a critic. That's true. <laughs> 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 Y'all should have been there. You could have seen this all. Um, 
No, I thought it was great. And I, and I, I would love to do the same exact panel again, you know, in, in a year's it's, time or something. It was something that I was like, oh, are people going to be interested in this? And they were because it is, again, some, just something I take for granted, I guess, because we've worked in comedy for so long, how to crack a joke at the right time yeah. or find that rhythm of yeah. comedy it comes kind of naturally now. And for a lot of people who don't do comedy, it doesn't. So it was kind of like, oh, no, there's the people in here really do have, especially as you heard, there's like trauma podcasts and stuff asking about how to bring some levity to what, I mean, some very serious stuff yeah, yeah. and personal stuff. I mean, at yeah. least our stories were pretty removed from, yeah. from their lives yeah. and their, their circumstances. So we have a lot of distance that mm-hmm. helps with comedy that is much harder to find when you're mired in your own yeah. tragedy kind of. So anyway, yeah. it was really um, just really eye-opening about the various different, the whole convention was like that for me. It was sort of like, wow, the amount of different shows or shows with similar themes, but such different formats, different ways of approaching a topic. Um, it was just really fascinating. Yeah. And the other thing, I think Ben and Noel mentioned this as well, but how nice was it to be up in front of a live audience again? Oh, I mean, you know, God. our background is theater, mm-hmm. comedy and theater, especially like is all about the audience connection. And man, do we miss that. And, oh, yeah. And hopefully uh, there's a dream, a uh, wish and a prayer out there that we're going to take Ridiculous Romance one day on a live tour. It'd <sighs> be so fun. Ben and Noel have taken Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, their other show on the road. Uh, and and done a live tour with that. And I know that we've talked about maybe doing this show, and we think that'd be really awesome. So fun. Yeah. So reach out if that's something maybe you'd want to see in your city, uh, because we love going anywhere but where we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. is very big for us. Um, So, hey, let's take the show to where you are. Send us an email. That'd be fun. Let us know what you think. Uh, You can hit us up at romance at iheartmedia.com. Yep, or find us on the... On Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Dianamite Boom. And I'm at Oh Great, it's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. If you just want to follow the show and keep up with our weird memes that Eli makes <laughs> about our episodes, they're definitely worth seeing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah. And we're going to catch you with another ridiculous romance next week. Have a lovely weekend. That's right. Bye-bye. Bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 